Welcome to Grounding Grief, a podcast dedicated to talking about grief. I'm Ann Beach, your host. If you like this episode, please follow us, leave a review, or email me with comments and questions at Ann, A-N-N, at groundinggrief.com. After last month's episode, Vicki and I continued to talk. I asked her about something my niece Isabel said in the motherhood episode. Isabel's words were, grief, you don't cure it, you don't solve it. It's something that is you. You know, I feel like Charlie's death is a part of my life. You just, I think she's right in saying that the grief is still there. You just, I think you just learn how to live with it. You're accepting of it. Yes, And I think in addition to learning to accept the grief as part of you, what I have learned is that there was a gift in my coming to fully accept the reality of what happened. Help me understand that. What do you mean by a gift? That is a great question, Vicki, and it is something that I have sought words for since the moment I received the phone call Mm -hmm. from Roa telling me Victoria had been killed. And something in me as shocked, traumatized, and horrified as I was, something in me knew I was experiencing a transformative moment for myself and my understanding of life, and my understanding of love, and my understanding of what I was doing here. And it horrified me as her mother. It no longer horrifies me. It is what keeps me moving forward, searching, and trying to find the meaning of her life and death with others. I think we cheapen the meaning of gift when we equate it with presents given at holidays or on birthdays. Mm-hmm. I think gifts really are, um, th- those those are, are acknowledgments of your existence. And But I, I think life's gifts are, are truly deeper, more complex, embrace more emotion, Again, that emotion that you have at least been made to feel that you were weak for having them at times or felt that and now see how strong you are. I guess that sort of gets at what I'm trying to talk about, where something perceived as less than becomes greater. Does that help at all? (laughs) Yeah, I guess it does. I mean, I think it sounds like for you, getting probably the worst news anybody could ever get you somehow like that obviously could tear a person up right but it sounds like you were able to turn it around in some sense and I I don't know how to explain it I guess um just that you turned something that was horrific and you needed to find a way to make it I don't want to say benefit because that's definitely not the word but um I think have meaning is is the closest um, people come. It's not that 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 also like any word you come up with just doesn't quite do it. 
I think in at its essence, though, is that why I call it a gift or why I say I am blessed is because I knew then, like I had never known before, nor have I forgotten since that moment. We're not in control. We are not in control. And that is a very liberating mindset. Right. To know that I, I've told people, I used to worry about my three girls all the time about, and sometimes about, you know, things that, that people would say that very legitimate to worry about. I stopped worrying the moment I learned Victoria had been killed. And that is because, as you say, I received the worst possible news a mother can receive. And I realized I couldn't do anything about it. So I guess that makes sense when you say the realization of you knowing that you're not in control of certain situations and and somehow that turned into you removing that from what you thought before right you thought i'll be able to protect i'll be able to do I'll, i can control the outcome someone else um close to me says that all the time you're not in control of that so you can't worry about it so i guess and when i think about it that way that that does make sense. But I think you're right. We associate gift with something totally different. Yeah. I do not practice any major religion. My friends who are of deep faith, like you, are people of deep religious faith. And we have never had a lack of understanding or disagreement or attempted conversion. There is this depth of knowing that you know what I'm talking about. You know I have faith. That is the essence of a gift, being able to take that leap of faith and just say, I may not understand this. I may not be able to answer the questions I could have. In my case, I just said, don't ask those questions. They're, they're the wrong questions. Yeah, I, I think it's it's the capacity to take that leap of faith and to move yourself beyond the stuck points. That's all I, I really have to say on that. But it is, it's a gift. You know, the, the loss of Victoria at age 26 and seven months and 15 days or something like that, because I once took the time to count it out. <laughs> I I would trade anything to have her back, Vicky, but it's it's what? not my choice. Yeah. It's not my choice. It's not, it's not my doing. It wasn't her doing. Right. So when I talk to people on these episodes, I try and push them to say, was there a point at which you accepted the facts of what happened? And I heard you so clearly when those two policemen came to your home, even right. though you wanted it not to be suicide, you accepted his death. It is a death. Right. I do find people who can accept, who, who are brought into grief through death and then can accept the facts of the death do have a new worldview. I agree with that, that for certain, your perspective changes so much when you experience a tragedy, like your tragedy, my tragedy, you do, you, your perspective definitely changes. And for me personally, you appreciate the small things a whole lot more. You know that life can change in an instant. It can change in an instant. 
And there's nothing you can do about that. Even from like my therapist saying, you can't obsess over the things you can't control. <laughs> and I try and keep that in my head for a lot of different reasons. But after the the heaviness of what we were just talking about, where I wanted to go and you led me right to it, is I, I laugh more freely now because... Yes, on a very deep, profound level, I have accepted I am not in control. And yet as I go about my day, I find myself when I get my knickers most in a knot is when I'm trying to control some inane situation, <laughs> you know, um, the driver in front of me. <laughs> That's right. Or the blessedly elderly, more elderly than I am person in the grocery aisle in front of me. <laughs> I have to say, before Victoria died, before my sister's suicide, I didn't laugh as readily about those situations. Right. So. And then you, I mean, because we all kind of get caught up in the small things that annoy us. And then you kind of take a step back and go, all right, in the big picture, does it really matter? Like, I think you you become more of an easygoing person for those small things that may have annoyed you in the past. Yep. And, and as you said, a deep appreciation for living. Yes. It can change in an instant and there's no controlling that. You better just enjoy every, uh, every uh, minute. Yeah. And, and I do try to, and as, mm -hmm. as I think you can probably agree with, there are many, many, many moments I fail. <laughs> I get caught up in the in the stuff of living. And that's called human. That's right. being human for sure. Right. And and I do think getting at the yeah. essence of human humanness when confronted with taboo topics, when confronted with grief, has has great value and is something that as a culture we are uncomfortable with. Yeah, I I definitely can see that. I was yes. going to say, I was out with um, my cousins and a couple of their friends, and we were just talking about different things. And one of the women had lost her husband like seven years ago, and it just came up in conversation. And my cousin had asked me a question, and she said, oh, Carol doesn't know how Charlie died. And and it was just like one of those conversations where I was like, oh, I'm like, well, you know, it was a suicide. I think in my head, people know. But I think, you know, she got a little uncomfortable. And then towards the end, she was like, oh, we'll appreciate you sharing that. It's not going to get better for the next person who's not in a good place. If we don't all just talk about it, even if it is uncomfortable, how are we going to change it? You know, how are we going to change it? Yeah. Yeah. And remove judgment and stigma mm -hmm. from those who have had to face a loved one's death in that manner. I, I do think rooted in all of this is we are very frightened of our own mortality and pretending that we will not all die is it does not serve us well. It just it doesn't. Right. I really just want to thank you for being here, for being willing to talk about this, for understanding there really there is no shame or guilt in suicide. It is something that the more we talk about and shed light on it, that provides the hope that another person will choose to talk to someone, to go be with someone, rather than take the action of ending their own life. 
That's the hope. That truly is the hope. I also, though, do think that when someone does go through with it, we need to embrace them and their memory and enfold them in our arms and not be angry with them, forgive them, and just say, it just is. It just is. And fare thee well and Godspeed. And as you so poignantly had written on Charlie's headstone, and until we meet again. Thank you for joining us today. Next episode, I will talk a little bit about the upcoming holidays.